0: Thank you, Eric, so much for that time of worship. I got hyped up, man. It's so exciting. I'm so excited to be here this morning. And first of all, Happy New Year. Year. Y'all need some caffeine. (laughs) I'm so glad that you chose to be in the house of the Lord on the first day of 2023. Wow. It's an honor to be here with you this morning. Um, How many of you stayed up till midnight? to see the countdown. Okay, like 25% of you guys. I had every intention to um, go to bed at 10 because I knew I was going to preach and, you know, get my mind settled and be really well rested. And then I decided to um, join church online with some friends. And wow, the word was awesome, the worship. Rick and I were in our living room just worshiping and praying and entering 2023, just thanking the Lord. I was so hyped up. I didn't go to bed till 3.30 in the morning. So, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, Lord, you're going to have to give me the supernatural focus and strength because uh, Vanessa on four hours to five hours of sleep does not do well. And he has answered my prayers. I feel great. I feel wide awake. But I did not get to really do the countdown. What we did for the first time ever in my life, um, really, was to sit in silence and waited on the Lord for 2023 to come, which is really neat to do. But I, do, I did miss my countdown. I have personally seen the ball drop in New York twice. If you haven't done it, you should do it at least once. If, if not, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it more than once. It is crazy. It's not as glamorous as you think it is on TV. But it's worth trying out to be with hundreds and thousands of people from all over the world celebrating the new year. It's definitely fun. But today, if you guys could stand up with me just for a second. And can we relive it? Can we do the 10-second countdown together? Can we pretend that will wake us up? So we got the countdown here. And we're going to do the countdown. So there there we go. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. You can sit down now. No, we got it out of the way. Praise God. Well, thanks again for inviting me back to Wyoming Harbor. As Eric said, I've been here. I was here back in October for the first time and just had an awesome time with you all. It's an honor to be back to dig into God's word together. And again, for those who are meeting me th- for the first time, my name is Vanessa Alvarez and I'm, um, I serve as a pastor at, under Amazing Church Global. And I just love and honor Apostle Pagani and Mama. Those are my pastors in New York. Um, how many of you love the body of Christ? Oh, I might need to work on that. I love the church. <laughs> yes. How many of you know that church family or spiritual family is so important to have? Amen. They're just vital. At least it's been like that for me. And uh, today we're going to dig into the word. This is a simple but yet challenging message that's pretty much how you can sum up Vanessa simple but yet very challenging (laughs) so um as I was digging into this word um the first thing that came to my mind as I sat with this with the scripture which I will say in just a moment um the first phrase that came to my mind was oh it's activation time and it got me excited so um, turn with me to Matthew uh, 28, verse 16 through 20. If you do not have your Bibles, we do, we're going to have it here on the screen. But I would encourage you, if you do have your Bibles, open it up. Read with me. I know that many of you have been um, in the book of Matthew here in Wyoming Harbor for the last few weeks. And Pastor Jordan asked me to cover the last few scriptures of this book, which are activation words. So allow me to explain what I mean and what has happened in Matthew 28 so far. So in the beginning of the chapter, if if you're looking at your Bible, you could see that Jesus just rose from the dead. So Easter just happened. So there's a lot of talk in the town, a lot of rumors. People are talking it up. Did you hear that he has risen? And people were shocked and just trying to figure out what the facts are. Then we read, starting in verse 16, this thing called the Great Commission, Jesus' final words before he ascends to heaven. So let's read this together. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them. And said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, I'm with you always to the end of age. I want to go back for a second to this first part of the scripture. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. If, if you remember back in Matthew 10, Jesus told them exactly what was going to happen to him. Um, in regards to, you know, he's, he's going to come back. He's going to die and he's going to come back. And it's interesting, though he told them, he gave them a heads up. We see here that some doubted. And also, it made me think about poor Thomas. He always gets the bad rep of being doubting Thomas. But it doesn't say, but Thomas doubted. Some doubted. So he's not the only one doubting this whole process that Jesus has risen and that he said what he said he was going to do. So just something to ponder on there. Now I want to turn to one more scripture. Um, One more scripture that I also want to read that's found in the Gospels in Mark. And the reason why I want to read this scripture is it gives a little bit more detail to this thing called the Great Commission. As you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the four Gospels, the accounts of Jesus in the Bible. So you're going to hear similar wording, but a different perspective or more detail. So here in Mark 16, verse 15... It says, and then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe, they will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. When when the Lord Jesus had finished talking to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miracle, miraculous signs. So similar wording, but a little bit more detail. I would say, I'm Matthew uh, 28 verse 16. My husband is more like Mark, giving all the details. <laughs> I'm the bullet point and he's on to the details. But there's a lot in this, in this passage Um, But do you see what I mean when I said it's activation time? It's like, oh, man, this means go. I got to do something with this, right? If you want to know what happens afterwards with them living this commission out, I would highly, highly encourage you to read the book of Acts. That's where it all it. I don't even know how to explain it. Everything happens. It's, it's dramatic. It's, um, it's amazing. It's inspiring. The book of Acts is uh, not a layback, back, chill kind of book. You will be at the edge of your seat. So I would encourage you to read the book of Acts. But today, I want to focus on um, these two scriptures, uh, on Matthew 28 and Mark, um, verse 16. But I want to break it down. So as I just said, what we just read is called the Great Commission. Now, you won't hear those words in the Bible, the Great Commission, but that's what um, we've, we call it. So, what is a commission? So, I took out my dictionary, and if you guys remember, last time I was here, I took out the dictionary many times and put meanings on the screen. I like to know what the words mean. The, um, the word commission, it means simply... This is through the Webster Dictionary to instruct, command, or give, or duty given to a person or a group of people. It's to give an order for or authorize the production of something. That's what a command is. So, what we just read in Matthew 28 is a command, not a suggestion. It's something Jesus expected. And still expects all his followers to do and to live out. But we'll come back to those details in a little bit. There are a couple of other words that stuck out to me that I just want to simply quickly go over and highlight. So as we read the first word that Jesus said, he said, therefore, go. I know that many of you here, most of you, even little ones, know what the word go means. But I want to ponder on that a little further. So let's get out the dictionary and let's read. What does go mean on the Webster Dictionary? It means to move from one place to another, to travel, to leave, to depart, an attempt or trial at something. A person's turn to use or do something. so it's it's pretty detailed there go a person's turn to use or do something so what did jesus say to go do can i get somebody to answer that question what did jesus say to go do make disciples exactly what's a disciple let me help you. <laughs> so a disciple, we're gonna break it down here, is simply a follower of Christ. I'm gonna break it down even further and give a little further description here. A disciple is someone who adheres to the teaching of another. It is a follower or a learner. It refers to someone who can who takes up the ways of someone else. So if you are a follower or a disciple of Jesus, that's one description. A disciple of Jesus is also a worshiper. Um, One that serves and is is a witness. Uh, To be a disciple of Jesus means to serve like Jesus. Making disciples of Jesus means making servants who love one another. Disciple is a witness, can witness or can testify. And to uh, to be a disciple of Jesus means to point people to him. So if you are, again, a follower or a disciple of Jesus Christ, this is your job description. This is your identity. This is your duty. If you're not, let's talk afterwards. So this command can be somewhat intimidating or scary. Um, Trust me. uh, Jesus' disciples felt the same way. And literally, they literally walked with Jesus. They had Jesus beside him. We how many of you've seen Jesus in person? Have you, I mean, I haven't. I would love to. But these disciples, these young men literally had Jesus beside them. Saw miraculous things, witnessed incredible things. But yet it was overwhelming. See, this was not the first time that Jesus gave them a mission, okay? Prior to this great commission, Jesus sent them on some practice assignments. God is so gracious, and he's so patient, and he knows that we get scared, and he knows our fears. So he sent them on um, practice assignments. And if we look back, and if you remember that in also in Matthew 10, Jesus sends out the disciples on their very own first Mission. Do you guys remember that? Matthew 10. So, how many of you have watched The Chosen? The show The Chosen? Oh, not many of you. Okay. If you've not watched The Chosen, it is uh, it's this, the New Testament, pretty much. And it's a free app you can download and you can watch a show on this free app on your phone and your computer. But it's one of my favorite shows. It's definitely been inspiring to me and encouraged me to get into my word and dig a little bit deeper. And it gives you a different perspective or maybe a better understanding of the characters in the Bible. It makes the Bible come alive. At least it has for me. But anyways, I want to share a clip of a recent episode that brings life to the natural concerns and feelings that you and I would probably have if Jesus sat with us at the table and told us to live out this commission. So sit back, relax. It's a little bit long clip, but just imagine yourself in this space at this table. This is Jesus at the head of the table and the disciples surrounding him. And he's giving them their first mission. Check this out.
1: not sustainable for me to do all the preaching, all the healing, and ministry. I've called you to Simon's home today, and thank you, Eden, for hosting. Because our ministry will only grow, and we want it to grow, till the end of the age. There will be many more followers, and like those not here, all will have roles and responsibilities. Most will be disciples, students. But I have chosen you twelve as my apostles. You're sending us? An apostle is the same as a messenger, one who I know what it means, Matthew. That's why I'm asking. You are my leaders. And for this mission I have for you, it's best that you spread out and not be concentrated in one place. I... I don't understand. I'm going to go home to Nazareth for a time, and while I'm there, I'm sending you out in every direction, two by two, specifically to our people only. Every direction, Rabbi? Yes, but not to the Gentiles. Not yet. That will come in time to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, just as Joshua led the twelve tribes to take the promised land. You will proclaim as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while you are on this mission, you will heal the sick and the lame by anointing them with oil. You will cast out demons. You will kill Why are you all looking at me like that? Uh, could, could you just repeat that one more time? I'm sending you out two by two, proclaiming as you go, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cast out Demons. How soon are we talking about here? There's that word again. I'll get to that, Simon. Hold on. Heal the sick? Cast out demons? While you are on this mission, I grant you this authority. Someday, you will have it all the time. Was that a ceremony I missed? This is it. feel any different. I don't need you to feel anything to do great things. With all due respect, Rabbi, we've only just begun as students. We're not nearly qualified enough. Why would you need us for this work? He doesn't need us. He wants us. Thank you, Zip. Very good. John, if I needed religious leaders or qualified students for my ministry, I wouldn't have chosen. You get the point. Can we get back to the part about healing the sick for one second? You will take nothing for your journey except the staff. No bread, no bag, no money. Not even Salome's food. Wear sandals and do not bring an extra tunic.
0: We can't even bring a change of clothes?
1: Even the wandering cynic philosophers carry a second tunic. Yes, they do. And I'd like to distinguish you from the cynics. They also carry beggars' bags... ...for people to put gold and silver coins into. And you will not do that. You received without paying. Now give without pay. Whatever town or village you enter... ...find out who is worthy in it... ...and stay there until you depart. And if anyone should not receive you... ...or listen to your words... Shake the dust off your feet as you leave that house or town. Do not waste your time. You said if anyone will not listen to our words. What words exactly? What are we supposed to teach? Anything you've ever heard from me? I've only ever heard the one sermon. You heard the best one anyway. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh, so good. That message was not just for the thousands that were there. It was for all who will hear it from now until the end of the age. How will they know it, you ask? Good question. Thanks for asking. You will tell them. And the places you will go are places I will soon go. So you are preparing the way for my arrival and helping ensure that more people are ready to hear the good news. The miracles you'll perform on God's authority will prove my ministry. Suppose we hit a bad streak and several towns in a row reject us, maybe for days. How are we to eat? What if it gets bad like like it has with John? Listen carefully, all of you do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. So, you're saying we could die? There will come a time when this will become far more difficult. When persecution is an ever-present part of your ministry. When that time comes, you will follow in my footsteps and you will know what it actually means. Give up your knife.
0: what i mean you're not the only one that's feeling a bit unqualified scared unsure you're not alone if you're feeling like that as i share Jesus' words to go out and make disciples now thankfully with the great commission jesus is not saying what he told them you can't take money you can't take a bag you can't take your food you can't take anything that is actually a lot more scarier i think than this great commission um because now we have the holy spirit and we can take you know whatever the holy spirit allows us to take but they were scared and that's natural so Did Jesus, have you heard me say, or have you read, or did you hear today, um, did Jesus say in Matthew 28, therefore, after all that you've seen and all that you've experienced, just be a disciple. Get baptized. Study my word and soak it up as much as you can. and, And soak up what you've learned through scriptures and through me. And if you feel comfortable, but most importantly, ready, consider applying this to your life. Oh, and remember that I'm always with you to the end of age. Did you hear that today? No. What Jesus said was to go. The commission was meant to be applied, church. Remember that simple word that I just wanted to ponder on that we all know? Go. It's not as simple now, does it? Doesn't seem like that, right? <laughs> Jesus said, Go. He did not say, Think about it or consider it, church. Consider it, disciples. Jesus gave us direction. And in the word, we find plenty of examples and wisdom to do what he said to do here in Matthew 28. So my question to you all today is, are you living this commandment out? And if not, why? What's up with that? See, the thing about some Christians... And some of the modern day American churches is that we're so good at gathering together like we are today, but we're not good at going. Uh, And the big part and the focus and the success of our churches is that many are saved, many have given their life to Christ. And that's awesome, but many are not really sent. That's where we fail. See, one thing that I do know about your pastor's heart, about Pastor Jordan, is that he longs to see Wyoming Harbor live this out to the fullest. I know that. And I know it because I personally have seen him do this and I've seen his heart for the brokenhearted and for the lost. You all have a great pastor and a great leader. But I have to say that many Christians, many churches, leaders have failed at launching people, releasing them, letting them go, as Jesus said, to go. I heard a quote the other day that made me chuckle that I had to share with you guys. It said, the modern day church is like the spiritual equivalent of a 40-year-old guy playing Fortnite in his mom's basement. (laughs) Fortnite is a, actually, you can ask a teenager what a Fortnite is, but it's a video game. But the the church in America is a spiritual equivalent equivalent to a 40-year-old playing Fortnite in his mom's basement. What I mean by that is people have gotten too comfortable sitting in the pews, too comfortable in their small groups, in their Christian bubble. Or they've gotten lazy, like, ah, Pastor Eric or Jordan will do that, you know. Or simply they're just unaware of this commandment. Well, today, I'm here to tell you, you don't have an excuse for that anymore. No more excuses. So what happens when we do what Jesus said? Life transformation happens, guys. Healing, freedom, joy is what happens. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't need that right this world is literally dying as you guys have seen suicide is at a high rate right now people are hopeless and hungry for answers you know they're looking for directions and solutions and they have and we have the answer because christ is in us christ is in you and the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. So you may be asking, okay, how do I apply this? How do I apply this in my life? Well, let's do, let's, let's for a minute take the Bible out and let's just do what Nike says. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. And how? And you may be asking, well, how do I put this into action? Okay, I'll do it. So how do I do it? faith in faith trusting the holy spirit that he will guide you and he will supply all that you need as you go and minister the holy spirit is your friend the holy spirit is your counselor the holy spirit is your guide again you're not going alone as you go do this you know and some may be asking how do i actually live this out today well today i will be giving you all an opportunity to put this into practice But first, I want to invite the the worship team to come up. And as they lead us into a song of praise, and and just uh, reflecting on the Lord, as we thank God that we don't have to do this alone, that he's given us the Holy Spirit, and he also has given us each other. We have each other. And as you saw in the clip, Jesus sent them out two by two, And you see that biblically. He doesn't just send one person at a time. He usually sends two by two. And there's a reason for that. So there's no reason to be afraid. And remember Jesus' last sentence, last word in the Great Commission. He said, and surely I am with you to the very end of age. Not until the very end of this hour. Not until the end of the month or the year. But to the end of age. And that means forever. So let's take a moment to just focus on thanking him. Thank God we don't have to do this alone. Thank God that he's equipped us with everything that we need. Thank God that we have direction. Thank God that you have a church that can equip you. If you're feeling insecure, they can equip you. They can pray for you. But again, it didn't say Scripture doesn't say, this is a pastor's mission. This is your youth group um, leader's mission. This is, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you must go. Wake up, church. It's time to go. It's 2023. What are you waiting for? For more people to get lost? To see more people committing suicide? To see more overdoses? To see the world become more dark and hopeless? What are you waiting for? Christ is in you. You must go and make disciples. So let's stand and let's worship the Lord and just thank Him just for a moment. And I'm going to come right back up and give the final words. te acantará grande grande eres Dios in English it says all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry and these bones will sing great are you Lord great are you Lord so before we sing that let's not just sing these words but let's live them out. So at this moment, I would like for you to grab a piece of paper or a pen that may be in front of you, and if you have that, y'all have phones, grab your phone and go under your notes. So get that out just for a second. I'm going to need you to write down something. person or a group that you can go and testify God's goodness, that you could go share the good news today, tomorrow, this week, but if you could do it today, even if it's a text, if it's a phone call, FaceTime, whatever, write down the name of a person or a group that you can testify God's goodness, share the good news. Maybe God has placed someone in your life that needs healing. You have the ability to pray for them. Maybe you know of someone that's in a dark, dark place. So much so that they're even dealing with like demonic stuff. You have the ability to cast that out in Jesus' name. So write down the, the, the name on this piece of paper or on your phone. And after you do this, don't give it to me. Don't give it to Eric. Or when you see Pastor Jordan next week. Don't give it to your small group leaders. No. Instead, you take it and go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything God has commanded you. And remember, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is with you always until the end of age. So let us sing this song and let us live out that our hearts will cry, that our bones will sing, Great are you, Lord.